0: welcome 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 to the hokey hangover podcast my name is andrew alex hanging out with you all today live from blacksburg virginia i guess it's well it's not live we're a podcast uh ricky the blue is here ricky how are you can you imagine if we did
1: this live
0: would not be good we couldn't do this live (laughs) (laughs)
1: like there are there are, are at least like one or two things that happen each podcast where like we literally have to stop and we're like hey Let's take that part out because it didn't sound very good. Uh, if we were doing this live, I'm not sure either of us would still, uh, still be employed by this podcast. Yeah. We'd be, uh, even though we're our own employers, we'd have to cancel ourselves.
0: Uh, but nonetheless, speaking of the third member of this podcast for probably the next like month or so, Mike McDaniel is on sabbatical from the podcast. Uh, for good reason. His child is expected any day now.
1: No, so, see, I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has everything to do with Mikey wanting to troll people on Twitter, uh, which has become his, his hobby now during the day. Mike got a blue check today. I don't know if you noticed. Mike dude, he's had it for a couple of days now, and ever since he's gotten it, he's, like, gotten really ballsy. So – it's true um, i mean you like, better be careful man because it's mike frickin mcdaniel
0: now he's got a blue check to back up his uh blue check twitter, twitter is yours.
1: a different kind of twitter
0: it's true people will target you we shall see but regardless we're going to get into everything there's a super regional in blacksburg this weekend we'll talk about it but first we got to thank the good folks over at main street pharmacy main street pharmacy in downtown blacksburg is the pharmacy you want to go to If you want a healthcare provider that truly cares about you, you be a neighbor, not a number, and look no further than Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Jeremy Counts and his wonderful staff will take care of everything you need. So, Ricky, with relative ease, Virginia Tech heads to a super regional. I will say the Wright State game on Friday night where I was the star of the show and crowd shots was probably the most nerve-wracking of them all but ultimately it ended up being a lopsided final score. Columbia was nerve-wracking for about three innings. What was it when they scored the 14 run inning? Was that the final total? 14 runs in the inning?
1: Are we um are we referring to the first game? The first game when, when yes. they when they dropped 24? Yeah, I think it was the fourth. I'm, I'm I'm pulling it up now, but I think it was. The, yeah, it was the fourth inning. They they were down two-one, going into the top of the fourth, and proceeded to score fourteen runs in a single inning. I'm gonna read these off real quick. Double to left center for three RBIs. Single for an RBI. Single for an RBI. Walked RBI. Triple three RBI. Homer, two RBI. That was actually inside the park by Nick Medicine. Uh Single to right RBI and a two RBI double. All of that happened in one half of an inning, Andrew, which, man, like that's got to be the most demoralizing thing to ever happen to a team in college baseball. I, I, I can't imagine anything worse than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Columbia, little section at – an English field at Union Park was a, uh, was a loud section for about three innings. And then, obviously, something like that takes all the air out of the balloon. I mean, what was crazy was in that inning, you had three separate scenarios where can of corn fly balls – were just dropped, and they had brought in a reliever. And this is before damage really started to get out of control. Like, Virginia Tech was going to have the lead, but the reliever just needed to make two outs. He essentially made three. And I just remember the first of the three, it was a ball hit towards left field, and I saw the left fielder charging. The ball got lost in the lights for me from where I was sitting, uh, you know, roughly right behind home plate, kind of on the first base side of home plate. And I I turned to, to Frank Merritt, and I go, I just don't think the ball was hit that shallow. And then you just see the ball drop 20 feet behind the guy. And the crazy thing is, it happens two more times. If you're that reliever, you probably are going to need a, a therapy session. Because, <laughs> I mean, you came in on ultimately what is the biggest stage of your life. You know, you have, you've beaten Gonzaga. You have a 1-0, your team, Columbia, has a 1-0 lead, or, you know, they're, they're undefeated in a regional with an opportunity to take a 2-0 lead and really take command. Hashtag take command. Uh, but, don't start with me. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I don't know. The left fielder probably needs therapy, too, because he's the one that really screwed it up. But ultimately, you know, right before that inning started, I bought two beers, and I finished both those beers uh, before the meeting was over because it took like 40 minutes. And then I said to myself, okay, I think I'm done spending $8 or $10 per beer here uh, and ultimately just went home. Came for the finale, fantastic. Just such a tremendous atmosphere in Blacksburg all weekend. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Wright State game, there were moments where you really thought, oh, my gosh, Wright State's going to take this one. And it's college baseball. Anything can happen. Um, but I guess that kind of brings me to the first point I really wanted to touch on here, Rick, and that's Drew Hackenberg. Hackenberg was the Saturday starter, tremendous player, I believe first team all ACC uh, in the regular season. They moved him up to Friday, uh, I guess, towards the end of the regular season when they moved up to the postseason and ACC tournament gets absolutely shelved by North Carolina not everything is about the relation to me getting beer, but in Charlotte, showed up at first pitch, got in line to get a beer. Virginia Tech was already down 5 nothing by the time I got to my seat, and the line wasn't that long. <laughs> and against a certainly weaker offensively speaking Wright State team, you get about the same performance out of Hackenberg, which kind of leads me to what I'm thinking right now is if you're John Chef. How do you handle this situation? Because obviously, every decision you make as a manager at this point, two wins away from the College World Series, is crucial. Do you put the ball in the hand of Christian Hackenberg, or Drew Hackenberg, excuse me? Christian Hackenberg, by the way, for those of you that don't know, that's not a terrible mistake. Yes, the former Penn State quarterback, slash, uh, maybe a little more. I wouldn't call it infamous, but, you know, he was a very good New York Jets quarterback. That's his brother. He comes from a very athletic family. But do you put the ball in Drew Hagenberg's hand on Friday? Do you maybe switch him around to Saturday? I guess if you're not going to play him on Friday, you certainly don't want to move him to Sunday because that's when everything's going to be on the line. What do you think, Ricky?
1: Drew Hackenberg has a little over a three ERA, which is not bad at all. Um, his whip's pretty good. He's been a pretty solid pitcher all season. Um, I know he's a freshman, but I I would be hesitant to start messing with a guy too much because he's had bad back to back bad starts. Um, that's not all that uncommon in baseball just generally speaking. Um, I think it would be a mistake to really start fiddling with things around. Um, what, what people need most when they're really struggling is some stability. And if you start, you know, changing guys in the rotation and moving them up a day or back a day or, or whatnot, um, I think that that could be an issue. So I would just, I I wouldn't change anything right now, to be quite honest, at this point, you've got to go with the, People that got you there, for better for worse, and Drew Hackenberg is certainly one of the reasons why the the Hokies are where they're at. Now, their their offense is the primary reason, uh, which we'll get into in a second. But um, Drew Hackenberg is one of the guys that got you here. So there's at this point, you gotta you gotta roll with it.
0: One thing I've heard said uh, moderately frequently about this team, especially when they you know, lose every once in a while. Is there a one-trick pony and that the offense is great, the pitching is not bad, but at times they look average. Do you buy into the notion of what these people are saying that ultimately this one-trick pony strength, I, I suppose it's not a philosophy, but Hookies are known for their hitting. <laughs> Do you think that that will ultimately be what stops them from maybe getting to the college world series, maybe winning the college world series, advancing a certain degree through the college world series? Do you believe that this is like a fatal flaw in the team that ultimately will cost them?
1: I don't know if it's fatal, but it's certainly a big flaw. Um, it's, it's easy to cover up in, in certain situations because you've got, you know, five guys in the lineup with an OPS of nine or 900 or higher. Um, but I don't think it's, I, I, I don't think it's guaranteed that it's going to keep this team from, from advancing. What I'm worried about really is a, a situation where the offense has an off day. Right. And let's say they only score four or five runs. Um, that's what I worry about because I'm not sure the pitching would be able to pick them up and, and keep them in the game. Um, now, you know, to, to the Hokies credit, you know, they got a, they pitched pretty well in the, in the second two games um, in the regional, um, both of them against Columbia. Uh, I would assume I'm going to be completely honest that I have done very little prep work on Oklahoma, but They're ninth in the country. uh, So one would assume that their offense is going to be pretty good. I would have to imagine that the Hokies are going to have to score a ton of runs in this series in order to uh, make sure that they can win this. But uh, the the pitching is certainly going to have to give, give their best effort and they're just going to have to let the chips fall where they may. Yes. This is a, an offensive minded team. Um, It's certainly their strength, but I think that they can pitch well enough to give themselves a chance in most situations. Like I said, I just worry about maybe that one off game where the offense, you know, is a bit sluggish and maybe they run into a really good starter.
0: Indeed. Indeed. All right. I hate to get ahead of ourselves here, but the last time the Hokies even made a regional Their coach jumped ship for a bigger program following the season. I forget his name, but I believe he actually ended up at Oklahoma at one point. It might not have been his first stop, but I'm pretty sure he got canned from there. Maybe it was Kansas State. I don't know. Regardless, John Sheff has done a tremendous job this year. And I'm sure there are, you know, if openings arise in the SEC, he's going to be a hot name. Do you believe this is it? Do you believe he built it in Blacksburg and is going to hit the road? Or do you think that there actually could be some longevity here?
1: I do believe that there is some longevity. I'm not sure that he'll finish his career in Blacksburg, but um, it's been kind of a, a long road to get here in terms of, you know, the, the amount of work that it's taken. Um, this team was really bad in those first two years, kind of as we expected. Um, John Sheff did not take over a very good program. Uh, his third season was uh, canceled midway because of COVID. Uh, so basically, you know, the, the amount of progress that they were able to make in three years was kind of minimal. And then last year, obviously got off to a tremendous start, really struggled to finish the year, ended up finishing uh, sub-500 in the conference. This is really the first season since 2017 in which John Chef's team has played really well from start to finish. Chef um, was obviously very good at Maryland, uh, made two super regionals there. Um, he's got to a super now, his first one uh, in, in his first regional as well in Blacksburg. If he's going to go somewhere else, I don't think it's going to be after this season. I think that Chef has is really looking forward to some of the guys that he's brought into this program. The, the renovation of English Field has completely flipped the culture uh, as it relates to baseball, and it has made baseball extremely relevant within the Virginia Tech fan base. Um, there is a, a chance here, in my opinion, to create a similar situation to wrestling where the baseball program may not be a uh, perennial top 10 team like the wrestling team is, but the baseball program certainly has a chance to have su- sustained success over the next few seasons, uh, and you're going to have the infrastructure there to do it. Uh, the other thing, too, I think that's important to keep in mind is Whit Babcock mentioned trying to turn the baseball progr- program around early on when he arrived in Blacksburg, and it was kind of a key focus for him, and that's one of the reasons why English Field got such a, a, a extensive and very well-done renovation project. And I would be pretty surprised if Whit Babcock, let John chef go easily. I, I have a feeling that chef's going to be around to stay. And I certainly hope so because uh, they have, they have taken the long way and usually that's the more sustainable way. And that's focused on player development and, and, and recruiting guys to fit your program. And they've, they've done that to a T so far. And um, you know, hopefully this isn't the pinnacle, but um, this is certainly the most relevant And successful the baseball program has been um, since I attended school in 2013. Indeed. Indeed.
0: All right, Ricky. Last thing we're going to touch on here, just a little short jump in podcast. Brent Price said some things that interested you in his most recent podcast. What might they be?
1: Yeah, a few things here. He did his first interview since the end of spring, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, one of the things that we, we lamented with the last coaching staff was the lack of access to the program and, you know, wh- wh- kind of the ins and outs of what the coaching staff thought about their roster. And one of the things that, that Brent Prime mentioned, um, was that they, they want Dax Hollowfield to be as lean as possible, um, coming into this season, I'll I'll read you the full quote. This is from uh, Andy Bitter at The Athletic. uh, quote. I think he's a good football player in the box, Pry said of Hollifield. In today's game, you've got to be a good football player on the perimeter, but I think that's where he needs to make some improvements. He's got a goal to be as lean as he's ever been here to help him move better and more agility, more speed. And we've got to work on his pad level to get him in the right position to tackle and do things. That's the two things with him. And I think that's exactly what we were saying on this podcast all season long, Andrew, was that um, Dax was fine, you know, when he was in a phone booth. But anytime Dax was put in space, when he had to chase guys down the perimeter, or he was isolated in a one-on-one situation, uh, he struggled a little bit. And, you know, hopefully Brent Pry will be able to change that in Holyfield's last season. Indeed,
0: indeed. I mean, I I saw those guys out there. They're working on conditioning right now. I saw them out running today, and it was – it looks like quite a few of those guys were just absolutely gassed. (laughs) But ultimately, it it seemed like for a team that shriveled up towards the end of games, speed, conditioning had to be a priority – you know, Strength and the conditioning was probably somewhat thing that I think that the program that was in place under the Justin Fuente regime wasn't, like, it's not like they were doing the wrong things, but rumors have circulated that there was a lack of accountability there, and that's how you see guys year after year getting smaller. Getting well, sl- I was
1: about to say, there was a quote that came out, I think, right before last season, and it was an it was an anonymous quote from an ACC coach, and they talked about how like if you looked at the lower legs of Virginia Tech's players, they had some of the skinniest calves in the conference. And that's it's kind of a nitpicky thing, but it also isn't right because like leg strength is obviously really important in every single sport that you're going to do, and the last thing you want opposing coaches to be noticing is oh they've caught really skinny scrawny legs and that's interesting considering how many times justin fuente referred to uh ben hilgart as the best strength and conditioning coach in america and um by all available evidence that was certainly not the case indeed indeed all right ricky quick short
0: pod any final thoughts
1: uh, one other quote I want to read from here, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Brent Pry was asked about the offensive line, and essentially he says that they've got about six players that they feel uh, are they're confident in. He says, quote, again, this is from Andy Bitter at The Athletic. You can go read the full piece on The Athletic. Subscription is required. Uh, quote, if we had a couple injuries on the O-line right now, we'd go, oh, shit, now we've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like – I don't remember the last time there was a Hokie coach that was quoted as, oh, shit, uh, but it's actually kind of refreshing. I
0: mean, it's just a difference in approach. It's the, it's the opposite of most confident I've been in our passing game in my tenure here when we were clearly going on a road for the, having the worst passing game. It's like – I mean, I guess, you know, Brett Pire kind of playing with the house's money here playing
1: with what he inherited. <laughs> well, also, too, he's just he, – he, it feels much more genuine. Yeah. Like, probably like, yeah, look, w- we don't have any depth there. It's obvious. Yeah. He's not trying to sugarcoat it or anything like that. And um, it just – it feels a bit more real. And uh, I, I appreciate the mindset of, hey, we've got nothing to hide here this is what we've got. This is what we're working with. This is where we think we're at. You know, we think Dax Hollifield who has been widely regarded as, um, you know, a, a solid linebacker. We think he's got these big things to work on because he's, he's not been all that great on the perimeter and that's really important. And, um, I just don't remember having all that many types of those conversations with the previous staff and, um, I like it. It's refreshing.
0: True that. True that. All right, Rick, any last words for the folks at home?
1: So rate, review, subscribe. Uh, last point on baseball really quick. It is absolutely uh, blasphemous that I am not able to watch these games for the most part because they're on ESPN+. Plus. Um the, what is the point of the ACC network? Like, why, why does it exist? Why does the ACC network exist if I can't watch ACC games when they're going on, especially when it's the NCAA tournament? I don't know, Ricky. Uh, so, yeah, yeah that's okay,
0: – I'll do what I did. <laughs> Work up the money for ESPN Plus.
1: Yeah. Um, World we
0: live in. Oh, yeah, this will be great. Cut the cord for cable. And then you end up paying for 25 different subscription services to be able to yeah, see. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Um, grass is always greener on the other side. But, hey, I do like ESPN+. I get to watch my PGA Tour golf on Thursdays and Fridays. Who knows? Are you Are going to be great.
1: watching the Live Tour? I will. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you, you're I'm just a – you're an you're a awful human being, Andrew. I, um,
0: in a, I, in a roundabout way, probably support terrible regimes without knowing it every day, every time I go to the gas pump
1: i'm gonna make I'm going to make one point on the live tour for all of our fans that are that are golf fans. Uh, I'm okay with the criticism of the live tour and guys going to play on that tour if and only if we are also going to criticize uh, players in the M- in in the leagues themselves in the NBA and the NFL for capitalizing and catering to markets in China so if we're going to criticize both of them, I'm cool with it. If we're not going to criticize both of them, then I'm not cool with it and you just need to shut up. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Just, and, just and, have, and, have a standard. And at the end just of the, the day, standard.
0: at the end of the day, you, you, if you would turn, if you genuinely say you would turn down $150 million, $200 million, whatever it is, good for you. If you, if that's true, but when that checks in your face, And Dustin Johnson can make twice as much money just signing with this tour than he made in his 13, 14-year career as one of the best players on the PGA Tour. I mean, I get it. All these guys are like 35, 36, 37 years old. They might not make another $10 million in their career. Isn't your boy going to play over there? He is.
1: Yeah, I, I thought so.
0: See, he's 39. I get it. For those
1: for those who are listening, Andrew is a Louis Oosthuizen stan. I am. Full-on stan for Louis Oosthuizen. I mean, to be fair, Louis is pretty cool, but um, just – Now
0: on my PGA Tour, and this is not just because he won last weekend, on the PGA Tour I'm supporting, Billy Horschel. So that's my new random golfer that I support. Fair enough.
1: If you're uh, in Blacksburg, make sure you get tickets for the Super Regional. Yeah, uh, you're not able to anymore. Are no, they sold like, out? Yeah. Sold okay. Out. Well, if you can find any on the secondary market, go ahead and buy them up. Um,
0: $400.
1: What? Yeah. Really? They're going for like $200 a pop, dude. That's awesome. That's, that's excellent.
0: It's like There's a whole Twitter argument going on about like, obviously, it's like Hockey Club members buying up Hockey Club tickets and just selling them for a profit. And it's like, I mean, it's just like Chris Coleman's mad about it. I'm kind of as long
1: as they sell the tickets, I don't care what they go for. I just want butts and seats, and I don't want them to be Oklahoma fans. Well, they might be Oklahoma fans if you put them on StubHub, but I mean, like, well, don't put them on StubHub.
0: (laughs) I don't know how many Oklahoma fans are realistically traveling to Blacksburg for this, but hey,
1: I will say this sell your tickets from my Omaha fund. My former employer, techsideline.com, put together a message board solely for the purpose of selling tickets to Virginia Tech Games. So if you are a hokey and you have tickets and you don't plan on going to the game, go to techsideline.com, go to the message board for tickets and go sell your tickets there. That way you know that hokies are buying them.
0: True that. All right, folks, we're out of here. Rate review, subscribe, Main Street Pharmacy. We love you. We'll be back soon talk about football, hopefully talk about going to the College World Series. And for yeah, that hopefully one, they're still based on football. And for that one, we'll give you some real deep research into the opponents. But until then, go Hokies.